The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. We've been going over the six areas of, of personal wholeness. And so if you're new or you haven't been here since the beginning of the series, I'm just going to give a little bit of an explanation of it before I bring Mandela up. But I feel like this wheel, each piece of the pie represents a different area of your life. And so what we did at the start of this is that we took that circle and you rated yourself. The center of it is zero. The outside edge is 10. And you rated yourself from zero to 10 on each of these categories. So we had emotional, physical, spiritual, financial, um, that one's a mistake right there, but it should be uh, relational and then mental. So we went around and said, you know, if, you are, if your wheel is not round, like, will it roll? Like, if you looked at this shape and you said, would that roll? If your answer is no, that can explain why your life seems to go in a certain direction. Like, you're getting momentum, things are going well, and all of a sudden you just get stuck. So, for example... You're excited, man, things are going well, my relationships are good, spiritual's good, I'm getting in the word, I'm praying, I feel close to God, like my mind is in a good place, like everything is good, and then the first of the month comes, and you don't have a good job, you don't have good money, you have a ton of debt, so when the first of the month comes, all of a sudden you can't pay your bills. Well, what happens then to your relationships, to your emotions, and to your mental? They tend to just go, and go crashing off, right? And then you got to try to spend the next week trying to get everything back together because you just had a big fight about how I can't even pay for the bills, how come our lights are turned off, all that stuff. So all these things work together, and God really wants us to have peace. The Bible describes peace. It's shalom. It's a wholeness and a completeness in our life. And Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he wants us to have peace and this entire wholeness and health in all of us, not just church, not just spirituality, like, okay, that's praying, I pray, I read the word, but every other area in my life is a mess. Not just giving, churches like to talk finances because they like to have money come in, but not just giving because you know what, you can give and the rest of your life can be a mess. And so God wants us to really hit every area. And so when we do do this and go through these different messages, uh, we're just working through each pile. We're taking six weeks to do that. This week we're on physical And so we have a a thing at the church. If somebody's speaking on something, preaching on something, they have to be proven that they're living this out. So I'm disqualified on this one. So I'm not, my my exercise uh, really, uh, it pretty much consists of being up here, walking back and forth. And because the camera has a tight angle, it's not that much walking back and forth. It's just a little pacing. So that's about the extent of my exercise. Until Matt Myers back here got me into Spartan Race, which I get to now share the service with Mandela because I have actually done something physical uh, since I rode a bike as a kid, something new. Uh, But I've asked uh, Mandela to come up and share. Uh, He is into fitness and he works hard. He he understands the relationship of of your body to what God is uh, using your body as a temple and that connection with him. And so I've asked him to come up and share. So come on up, Mandela. We're going to give him some time. Let's give him a hand as he comes up. And dives in. There you go. Amen. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go ahead and get started. So my first question is, how do you define success? How do you define success as an individual? This is very important because based on our definition of success, we can see ourselves succeeding or failing every day. 
And so when I think about culture and how culture defines success, they tend to see success in the realms of one of the areas, but never in the realm of all the areas. Culture will see that someone is successful because maybe uh, they've gotten to a certain status. You know, they've, uh, they've gotten a certain position. They have a certain amount of influence or a certain amount of financial power. And so culture now sees that individual as successful. This person might be a millionaire, however, they're a horrible father. However, they're struggling with so many mental issues. However, they have nobody that they can consider a close friend uh, that they can talk to about life, uh, the things that are going on with them in life. But culture, as far as culture is concerned, culture sees this person as a success. And so as believers, it's really important that we are mindful of what our definition of success is. Because all these areas, financial, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, relational, they are very important. But if we only focus on one area and completely neglect all the other areas, then our life is constantly going to be out of balance. And so if we can go to the first scripture, Titus 2.7 says, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works and your teaching show integrity dignity. The thing that always catches my attention about this scripture is that in all respects, show yourself to be a model of good works. When I think of success, I think of success as growth and progr uh, progress. Never stagnation, but constant growth and progress. And that's the beauty about life. Life is constantly happening. And so if we're constantly living, we should constantly be growing and progressing. Amen? And so that's what comes to mind when I think about uh, success. And so today we're going to talk about what success looks like physically with regards to our relation to God, with regards to all the other aspects of personal wholeness. Now, when I think of um, physical wholeness, I don't just think about, you know, exercise and healthy eating, which, of course, is very important. But that's not all there is to it. Stress management is an important part of it. Getting quality sleep is an important part of it. You know, having um, good relations is an important part of it. Eating whole healthy foods is an important part of it. One of the ways you know that something is bad for you is if you look at the ingredients and there's like 10, 11, 12 words in there and these are, you know, chemicals and things that you're not familiar with. You're like, okay, I'm not sure that I should be eating this thing that has prolocyphalite ditronextamate. But people don't typically look at the ingredients. We just look at how much sugar, how much calories, and then we go from there. But that's something we all have to be mindful of. And so when we think about the benefits of exercise, the benefits of, you know, quality sleep, the benefits of, um, you know, cessation of illicit drugs and, and tobacco, the benefits of eating healthy, the, benef the benefits of um, getting physical activity, I'm sure that a lot of us are mindful of the benefits but we're not always doing anything with it. Uh, before I can even go into uh, that any further, I just want to talk about some of these benefits because I am a nurse. And so I'm a physical medicine and rehab nurse. I take care of patients um, after a stroke, spinal cord injury, you know, patients with uh, diabetes and a whole bunch of different comorbidities. And this is a conversation that I am constantly having with patients. The benefits of taking care of your your physical well-being, especially while you still have the opportunity to do so. So many things in life we take for granted. So many things in life we take for granted. 
So when we take care of ourselves, we're able to prevent, we're able to delay a lot of sicknesses, um, whether it's, you know, um, heart disease, whether it's diabetes, whether it's certain type of cancers, um, you know, high blood pressure. There's so many of these diseases that are so prevalent in this day and age, but a lot of them can be prevented completely or delayed for a very long time. When we take care of our health, we improve our sleep. How many people enjoy a good night's sleep? See, that's, that's everybody. And anyone who's not raising their hand is lying because sleep is one of those things that everybody loves. Sleep is one of those things that everybody loves. When we take care of ourselves, it also boosts our mood. It boosts our energy levels. How many people can benefit, would have, uh, benefit from having more energy? Benefit from having a greater mood? You know, how many people know somebody who constantly never have energy or are constantly never in a good mood, you know? Um, so these are things that it definitely uh, helps us with. It helps us to manage our weight. It helps us uh, to do better when it comes to recovery. You know, uh, if something happens in life and, you know, you're sick, you're taken off balance, when you've been taking care of yourself, uh, you recover a lot better. It also helps us to fight off depression helps us to fight off negative thoughts. It increases our social connectivity. When you have a better mood, when you have more energy, you're more likely to go out and do things. You know, but however, whenever you're not taking care of yourself, it's, it's like a constant negative revolving cycle. Because I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not trying to do anything. Because I'm not trying to do anything, I'm not really gonna take care of myself. Then I'm not gonna try, and then the cycle just continues. But these are things that are in our power to change. I'm, I'm real big when it comes to um, God helping me and when it comes to me helping myself. So one of the books I love reading is uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And one of the habits is about being proactive, about focusing on the things that are in your sphere of influence, the things that you have a direct influence over that you can uh, change, that you can do something about, as opposed to focusing on the things that you can't do anything about. And so when it comes to our physical well-being, there is so much that we can do about our physical well-being. If we could go to the next scripture. 1 Timothy 4.8 says, while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it, promise, as it holds promises for the present life as well as the life to come. And so when I think of this scripture, I always think of two things. I think of the fact that there are so many benefits that come from taking care of our bodies, so many benefits, but those benefits pale in comparison to taking care of our spirit. Because in doing so, not only do we enjoy the benefits in this life, but we also enjoy the benefits in the life to come. But that doesn't negate the fact that there are so many benefits that we can have from taking care of our bodies that we will enjoy full of what we're doing with our time, what we're doing with our energy, so that we're constantly in a position where we can take better care of ourselves and uh, be an influence to those around us. Amen? And so we've talked about so many of the benefits, and I think a lot of these benefits are common sense. I don't think I'm up here saying something that's, that's new. But what I've realized is that a lot of times common sense is not common practice because there's this difference between head knowledge, what we know to do, and heart knowledge, what we feel like doing. And for some reason, we're always gonna do the things that we feel like doing, we're not always gonna do the things that we know we should do. And so that is why it is important that we get it to where it's not just head knowledge, 
but it's heart knowledge. It's not just something that we know we need to do, but it's something that we want to do as well. And so for us to do that, we need to have uh, a paradigm shift. Our perspective when it comes to our bodies, our perspective when it comes to our physical well-being needs to drastically change. What is a paradigm shift? It's when you completely go from one perspective to another. Perfect example would be a blind man walks into a bus, somebody offers him their chair. That would be very good, right? See, in doing that, he crashed the bus because it was the driver who gave him the bus and everybody died. See, that was a very, very, <laughs> very, very bad thing to do. That's a paradigm shift. Instantly, everybody was like, oh no, that was a bad idea. Now let's talk about our physical well-being and how we can have a paradigm shift when it comes to that as well. Can we go to the next scripture? Romans 12, 1 and 2. This is one of my favorite verses. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that in doing so, you will recognize God's good, acceptable, and perfect will for your life. What if we have the mindset that I take care of my body and I do it as an act of worship? What if we had the mindset that this temple that God has given me, this is his gift to me, and how I take care of it is going to be my gift back to God? Because as believers, there's so many things that we see it as an act of worship. You know, you have your, your mind. I am going to take care of my mind. I am going to cherish it. I'm going to nourish, nourish it. I'm going to make sure that I'm mindful of what I put in it because I know that out of the abundance of the heart, the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I know that what I put into my heart is going to come, in, come out into my life, and so I am very, very careful with what I do with my mind. We know the same thing for our family. We see that our family is a gift. We love them. We cherish them. We're doing everything in our power to make sure that they are taken care of, to make sure that they feel our appreciation, to make sure that they know that we are here for them. Some of us, not all of us, some of us do the same thing with work. This work is an opportunity for me to glorify God. The job I do is an opportunity for me to be a light in this world that I am living in. How much more should we do the same thing with our body? Because our body affects our work. Our body affects our family. Our body affects our mind. Taking care of our body means we're able to drastically take care of every other aspect of our life. So it is not something that we should take for granted. And something I always remember when it says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There is a very active phase that we need to be mindful of. We don't want to be conformed to the patterns of this world. One of the patterns is with regards to success and how it's so one-dimensional, where you just focus on one thing, be great at that one thing, and completely neglect all the others. That is one of the patterns of the world that we don't want to conform to. But it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and that is something that we have to do constantly. That is something that we have to do daily. Here's something I've realized. If you are not actively and intentionally transforming your mind, then you are passively but consistently being conformed. That is something very, very important. 
If you are not actively and intentionally transforming your mind, you are passively but consistently being conformed. Because whether it's the TV shows that we watch or whether it's what we see on social media or whether it's just in conversation, there's always a narrative that's being spread. And if you are not intentional about feeding yourself the right narrative, then any narrative will just constantly go into your head. And as a result, that is the kind of life that you will live. But once again, this is something that is in our sphere of control. We have a choice. We have a say in what we allow to affect us. I think of parents and how parents are so protective of their children. You always want to be sure that, you know, my kid isn't seeing this or my kid isn't doing that. Want to make sure that your kid is safe and all these kind of things. How much more should we be doing that with our mind? How much more should we be doing that with our bodies? Something very, very important that everybody should be mindful of. God has given us our mind, and so we can use our mind to glorify him and see it as an act of worship. God has given us our body. We can use our body to glorify him and see that as an act of worship. That is something that every believer should constantly strive to do. If we can go to the next verse. 1 Corinthians 10.31. It says, so whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I believe that scripture is the definition of success to the believer. Whatever I am doing, I am doing it for the glory of God. Whatever I put my heart out there to do, I do it for the glory of God. Mark 12.30 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So with our mind, with our strength, with our heart, with all these things, we should be glorifying God in every aspect of life. So whether we're talking physically, whether we're talking financially, whether we're talking relationally, spiritually, I will use all my heart, I will use all my mind, I will use all my strength, because in these different areas, I can bring God glory. Can we go to the next scripture? Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, for we know giving thanks to God the Father through him. There are so many scriptures that talk about how in all these different areas of our lives, we should be giving God the glory. Yet how many times do we really just focus on one area and neglect the others? How many times do we neglect our physical well-being? So working as a nurse, it's, it's one of the most rewarding and enriching experiences, but sometimes it can also be very sad because I can take care of someone and at this point, there's really nothing I can say to him because you have spent your entire life neglecting so many different areas that were within your sphere of control and now you're here. I don't want to say that there's no hope. I want to encourage him. And the only way I can do that in those moments is asking if I can pray with you and seeing what is still within your, uh, your sphere of control, you know, that you can address from this point moving forward. Now, at the hospital, for a lot of these people, it's too late. And I think a lot of times in life, it's when something really negative happens to us, that's when we have a paradigm shift and wake up and realize, I need to start taking better care of things. But wouldn't it be so much easier? Wouldn't life just be so much better if 
we just, I don't know, heard a sermon one day and decided, you know what? From this day forward, I'm going to do better with my physical well-being. I'm going to do better with my spiritual well-being. From this day forward, I'm going to do better with my financial well-being. Wouldn't it be so much easier if we were more proactive about taking better care of ourselves as opposed to being reactive and waiting until something happens in life and then we now respond and say, okay, from now on, I'm going to try and do better. Especially when we know that God is on our side. Especially when we know that as we turn to him and ask for help, he is more than willing to help us in all these areas. It's a beautiful thing knowing that I am not alone in this journey. Whether it's uh, regardless of which area of, um, of life you know, you're struggling with, it is a beautiful thing to know that I am not alone, that I can turn to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of heaven and earth, and he can give me strength, he can give me hope, he can give me guidance, he can give me comfort in the midst of all that I am facing. So let's be proactive and let's do that. Let us see taking care of ourselves as an act of worship. But that's not the only thing. Taking care of ourselves is also something that we can see as a source of inspiration where we can inspire other people and encourage other people as well. I think a lot of times we get so caught up in, in our, what's going on with us, uh, what's going on with, with us. We get so caught up in me, myself, and I, and we completely forget that there's a whole world around and people are going through, through different things. People are facing so many different challenges and struggles. And they could actually look at your life and be inspired. They can look at your life and be inspired. But if you're so caught up in me, myself, and I, you don't see the world around you. But Jesus said, you are the light. He didn't say the light of yourself. He said, you are the light of the world. He said, let your light so shine that men see your good works and they glorify your Father that's in heaven. We can also be a source of inspiration to the people around us. Can we go to the next scripture? And this was a scripture that growing up, I always looked to this scripture. Because I was young. I mean, I'm still young. <laughs> I'm going to be young for a very long time. Amen. Um, but do not let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set the example for the believers in speech, in what you say, in conduct, in what you do, in love and in faith and in purity, in your motive behind what you say and what you do. Now, here's something that I found that's uh, pretty interesting. You know, it's, uh, it's hard to set the example of love when you're someone that's full of hate. It's hard to set the example, you know, of, of joy and peace when that is not who you are. It's hard to set the example of anything that you are a contradiction of. And that's the same thing with our physical well-being. It's hard to set that example. How can you encourage someone in a certain area of life when you yourself are completely struggling so much in that area? And so working as a nurse, it's, it's, it's always interesting because I remember... Um, at a point in time, I was actually anxious. When I thought about getting older, it made me anxious because I'm seeing all these patients and, you know, a lot of them, they're, they're not doing well, they're struggling. And, and I'm like, is this going to be, 
is this old age. Like, I'm not looking forward to this. But then that's the difference between a vulture and a hummingbird. Because a vulture wakes up in the morning and is constantly looking for something dead. And that's what the vulture finds. Whereas the hummingbird wakes up in the morning and is constantly looking for some beautiful flowers. And that's what they find. Perspective is everything. So I said, okay, I need to change my perspective. I need to change what I'm constantly looking for. And it's amazing how things changed. I started seeing patients, who, and these patients had been there all along. I just wasn't looking for them. But I started seeing patients in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, who were just here for something minor, and you know they're in rehab for three, four days, and they're going back home. Even in uh, my neighborhood at the Clay Madison Rec Center, I started seeing you know basketball players in their 70s. There's someone I play basketball with who is 74 years old. He's not the best at layups, but he's pretty good with the three-pointers. And so it's, it inspired me. It inspired me. And I was like, you know what? I need to change the way how I see this. I'm actually encouraged now. And I'm looking forward to being older and also still being in good health. And so I started taking better care of myself. I started taking better care of myself. I started being more mindful of what I eat. I started being more mindful of, you know, sleeping and all these different um, habits. Uh, and in doing so, I also inspired my brothers. I also inspired my parents. I started inspiring people around me. And so it's a constant thing. Like, you're being inspired, and then in turn, you can inspire other people. As believers, our life should be a refreshment. Our life should be an inspiration, not just to other believers, but also to the people who don't believe in God. Because if they look at us and they see that we're in darkness, just like they're in darkness. They're like, what hope is there for me to even come to Christ? But if they see that spark of light in you, if they see what God is doing in you, if they see what he's doing through you, with you, it also changes, you know, their perception of God. And then they're like, you know what? If God can do all this through you, what can he do through me? We have an opportunity to be a blessing. We are so blessed and we have an opportunity to be a blessing. And that is something that we should be proactive about. Let us love God in the way we take care of ourselves. Let us inspire and encourage people in the way we take care of ourselves. Because in doing so, we never know who we're going to truly impact. And it's amazing because I've been taking better care of myself for years now. And uh, as most of you guys know, we have three young boys at home. And this has been interesting uh, because the last three months, uh, my wife and I, we've been off so that we can, you know, bond with our boys and, you know, uh, get to know them and take great care of them. And so it's, it's been interesting because we felt it all, you know. We have the moments where there's a lot of excitement going on because everybody's happy, everybody's running around. We have moments where there's a lot of tantrum going on because nobody's happy and everybody's crying. Uh, then, you know, we have moments where we're wrestling and we're having a good time. We have moments where we're not having a good time. And then finally, nap time. Everybody goes to bed. Except me. I go to Clay Madison Rec Center and I go play basketball because I still have a lot of energy. 
And then I come back, and then the cycle continues again. Everybody's happy for a season. You know, everybody's throwing tantrums for a season. Uh, all these different things are going on. But I'm just so excited because I'm like, this is an investment that I have been, you know, putting in, taking care of myself. And now I have the energy to not only keep up with my boys, but pass them. <laughs> And so it's just, it's just been a beautiful thing. But I think it goes to show the importance of all the different things that we can do when we take care of ourselves. You are a better everything when you are in better health. You're a better father. You're a better believer. You're a better student. You're a better son. You're a better brother, better friend, better everything when we take care of ourselves. And it is in our sphere of control to take care of ourselves. So let us do that. Let us do that. It's really important to have the right thoughts regarding our bodies. We are today the result of what we've been thinking all these years and what we've been doing all these years. And we will be tomorrow the result of what we've been, we've been thinking and doing today. So let's have a paradigm shift today. Let's change how we're thinking with regards to our physical well-being so that our future selves will be proud of what we've been doing. And I think another thing to point out is the importance of not comparing yourself to another person. It's not about, oh, I'm trying to look like this person or I'm trying to look like that person. It's about being the best that you can be for the glory of God. It's not about trying to torture yourself so that you can lose weight. It's about taking care of yourself for the glory of God. It's important that we have the right mindset because when we start thinking right, then we'll start acting right. And as a result, there's a constant flow of, of life that's just springing forth, uh, springing forth from us. And in doing that, you know, we start seeing a lot of these benefits. We have an opportunity now to take better care of ourselves. So let us do that now. Let us take advantage of the opportunity that God has given us. Um, which brings me to my last point, which goes back to the question that I had asked, which was, how do you define success? I think a lot of times people define success as something that is uh, something they, could, they can eventually get to in the future, something that they can eventually reach. It's a goal that eventually I will be successful in this area because I was able to do that. But our definition of success should be simply following the process and honoring God today. If we follow the process and if we honor God today, we are successful today. And having that kind of mindset, we can be successful every single day. And we can constantly grow and constantly progress in all the different areas of our life. And in doing so, we will experience true wholeness. Amen? Amen. Let me pass it back to Pastor Andy. Uh, I'm not going to add anything to that. We're just going to pray. Jennifer, you want to come up for just a minute? We're just going to pray over these guys. Man, I love these guys. And um, Mandela and Jennifer are just an awesome, awesome couple in our church, and they serve, and they have not only in the church, but with worship, and with Mandela put on an open mic last night for us uh, here at the church. Who made it out to that? Is that amazing? 
adopting kids. And what I love is when people aren't just serving, but when they facilitate others that can serve and they facilitate making the lives of others move forward. So whether that's from adoption, you know, I mean, three kids, I might have gone for four or five, but hey, good job on three. Three toddlers all under three at one time. I mean, that's a pretty good bite to take off, I guess. Uh, facilitating lives, right, to come closer to God and to move forward and being willing to open their home, facilitating through the open mic, facilitating everywhere they touch. They're just bringing life and they're just bringing grace and just bringing goodness and encouragement. And so can we just put our hands towards them? Let's just pray over them. Uh, just the blessing of the Lord. The Bible says those who water others will be watered. Those who refresh others will be refreshed. And let's just believe that God is going to pour back in. It says when you give, it'll come back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Let's just believe as they are given out of their lives that it's going to come back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, okay? Father, we just lift up Lord Mandela and Jennifer right now. God, we thank you for all that they do. Lord, both seen and unseen. Lord, I know, Lord, from experience that, Lord, whatever we see is always just the tip of the iceberg. Lord, there's been more serving, more loving, more caring than we even know of. And so, Father, I pray right now that in the ways that matter most to them, meet them and provide for them. Father, in the ways, God, that they are dreaming and hoping the most, God, that you would open doors, Lord, and that you would do exceedingly abundantly above all they can ask or imagine. God, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give, let's give them a hand, guys. Let's give Mandela a hand. Great word. Take the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com slash give.